0: Thank you, Sheila. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church on Christ the King's Sunday. So glad you're here. It is a, a beautiful Sunday morning. Pastor Tom is going to uh, grace us with words this morning, and uh, we appreciate your presence here, appreciate the presence of all those people out there online. Say good morning to them. Hi, everyone. And uh, it is that Sunday when we... When we observe the uh, the reign of Christ, Christ the King, and all of the all of the, that that means. So, uh, Ron and I are going to start with a piece called "Strange King" by Ray McKeever.
1: Strange King on a cross. We have gained what you have lost. Your life given for us. Strange King on a cross. What a strange way to become a king, dying on a cross. What a strange way to become a king, dying. so soon strange king. people say
2: King, thank you Carl, thank you Ron, and uh, Ray McKeever wrote that piece, Christ the King Sunday, as Carl said, that means it is the last Sunday in this church year, next, uh, next week we start a whole new year with the first Sunday of Advent, everything is printed for you on your bulletin, everything will be projected for you as well, we're honored by your presence and Carl said, thankful for all those who join us online, the table is set, it's good to be together, amen, if it's comfortable i invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house we worship in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gathering hymn is a King song, Jesus Shall Reign. Shared prayer of the morning is uh, the Curier, curiae laison, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy on us. hymn of praise, shout to the Lord. The Lord be with you. And with you. Let us pray. Gracious God, we stand in awe of your majesty, your power, your marvelous creation, and your capacity for love and forgiveness. We stand in awe, beholding a mystery beyond our imagination or understanding. We come humbly before you this day, giving thanks and praise for your invitation to follow Jesus, to dine at the table, to spend life and eternity safe in your arms. Inspire us by your Holy Spirit, that we may leave this place of grace fed and forgiven, ready to live out our days in service to others. We pray in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Please be seated.
0: are many aspects of uh, Jesus and Jesus' reign, and uh, this song by Brenton Brown, Humble King, Humble King.
1: love, humility, O Spirit, be the star that leads me to the humble heart of love I see in you, because you are the God. The feet of the weary Embrace the ones in need I want to be like you, Jesus To have this heart in me You are the God of the humble You are the humble King Oh, pick me up again and set me free so that your heart of grace might live in me. Each aching soul I meet, please let them see your healing heart of love that mystery. Cause you are the God of the broken, the friend of the weak. You are the. Go!
3: The reading this morning comes from the fourth chapter of Luke, verses 14 through 21. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The word of the Lord.
4: You had me weeping. That's all I'm going to say. Good morning. morning. God is good. All the time. time. I remember standing with my grandfather in this little church in the prairies of Minnesota by the baptismal font. And you could stand in that font and you could look on the pulpit side Out through the stained glass windows through that red pane and you could see the family headstone. And I don't know what my grandfather said, I don't remember his words, but this boy remembers that somehow he drew a connection between what happens in that font and what happens out there at that family headstone. Fast forward a few years later, and I am a teenager, probably like most teenage boys with raging hormones. And I was with the church on a camp out, youth camp out. And one of the adult advisors decided to say in front of the entire group of youth that were gathered there. He looked at me and he pointed and he said, Tom kid, you will never amount to anything. When I retired, I placed my library, eight, 900 volumes, on tables in the narthex in our church. The invitation was to take any book that you wanted and leave a donation for the church youth program. Now, it was wildly successful, and it was a lot of fun. In my way of getting even with all the people, though previous to that, who through the years had borrowed a volume of my books and had failed to return it, in all my books I had one of those stamps, cool stamps, you know, the ink pad you stamp and you put it. And what I had, what I had in every cover of every book was a stamp that read stolen from Pastor Tom Kidd <laughs> My goal was 10 15 years later they'd look on their shelf and say where did that book come from? And they'd open it up and they go, "Oh my goodness, no." Anyways, through the years following, however infrequently, I would periodically lament the missing volume that I wanted to find. There were two authors, two authors, that I, whose absence on my shelf I grieved. One was Pat Conroy for his novels. Everything was semi-autobiographical about the low country of South Carolina and his very dysfunctional family. And the second was Joseph Campbell a brilliant professor of literature at Sarah Lawrence College, whose writings on the power of myth are legend. In 1988, PBS did a special with Bill Moyers interviewing Joseph Campbell. I would commend it to you. Given where I am currently in my life, one of his more well-known quotes has found a place in the organization of my world. He wrote, Find a place where there is joy, and the joy will burn out the pain. We must let go of the life we have planned so as to accept the one that is waiting for us. My story with Brenda's death has reminded me that every day I learn something new that I must let go of. Now we all have mythologies we live by. I have shared a sample of some of the myths of my life. Myths are metaphors. Myths are the stories we tell that help us understand our life and that give meaning and purpose to us. We all have a personal mythology that helps us understand who we are, that help us explain our values, our convictions, our commitments, Stories that give meaning to the supposed coincidences of our life, which are not. Now myths are not about right or wrong, they're not about fable, they're not about good or bad, they're about none of that. Myths have power. Just let someone try to convince you, for example, that a major moment in your life that you like to tell the story of that helps explain who you are, just have someone try to tell you that, well, no, really, what didn't happen that way, or whatever you feel about it, you shouldn't feel, and your back will stiffen, and you, believe me, you will not look kindly upon that person because these are the stories we tell that critically help us understand who we are. They help us understand our life, and they help us understand our life of faith. They're critically important to us. Don't tell me what I feel. The stories we tell are important. They are, as I hope you will see, holy ground. So it is with our mythologies of faith. A grandparent, a spouse, the birth of a child, the death of a loved one, a chance meeting with a stranger on the road, so many moments in the life story of our faith. Again, please remember, this is not about right or wrong, true or false. The stories we tell help us understand who we are. A mythology of faith that inspires us to believe that light is stronger than darkness, that our sins are forgiven, stories that help us believe that love wins. She was my sixth grade Sunday school teacher. So I remember exactly the year and how old I was. Because in the middle of the pastor's sermon, she, along with her husband, stood up, walked out of that church, and never returned again because that pastor dared to preach on the evils of racial discrimination and segregation as a sin. The gospel is found according to Luke, the 23rd chapter. When they came to the place that is called the Skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, and the leaders scoffed at him, saying, Hey, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah, the Chosen One, The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, saying, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, do you not fear God? Since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember when you come into your kingdom, he replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. Isn't this the strangest, strangest story to celebrate a high festival called Christ the King? What a strange, bizarre, sad, crushing picture of Jesus as a king. Now, Jesus is intentionally shamed by the sign that Pilate had hanging over him. This is the King of the Jews. Tradition holds it that it was in three languages, Roman, Greek, and Aramaic. Yet we honor him as our king for our earthly journey. Now, really, isn't that the strangest of stories? The sign was placed over Jesus not just to shame Jesus before the power of the Roman Empire, but to shame those who would be goofy, silly, dumb enough to submit to his lordship, the lordship of a man who's now just been crucified between two thieves. This is your king. The Roman soldiers mocked him, Jerusalem leaders ridiculed him, and his disciples hid from him. We, we understand how fear motivated those who were closest to him to hide But I also wonder, in their mortality, if they didn't also have a sense of shame. I mean, not just shame that they were afraid that they betrayed Jesus, but shame, maybe shame in their decisions that that they had made that had led them to this point, to this apparent conclusion. What was it that led me to buy into this story that this was to be the one who was to save Israel and the world? What? What had I bought into? We declare Jesus king on Good Friday, not Easter. Jesus is declared king not in the triumph of the resurrection, but in the crushing shame of his crucifixion. Now, there's something in our nature that leads us to raise an eyebrow at this just a little bit. Really? Because, in fact, we have generally not weighed in on people's failures as a sign of anticipated success. This is not how we have graded life. And this is definitely not, for example, the standard by which we have sought out a financial advisor. Tell me how many people you have led into financial ruin that I might get on that bandwagon. Now, many of you heard me tell the story of Howard, and I'm not going to go through the whole story with you again. You know. People say, Jesus died for me. I say, Howard died for me. The brief cliff notes on the story is just very simple. I was going to be expelled from seminary on Monday, and deservedly so, I had not completed the academics as I should have. But on the day before Sunday, I was organizing a large church event, and Howard was helping me organize it. This wonderful, beloved senior man in the church, and just as we were to begin, he fell over backwards, dropped dead. And so through that traumatic moment of gathering the people, as the ambulance took him off, we gathered in prayer, and I said, we will be about the church. We're going to do what we were going to do. Now, unbeknownst to me, there was a seminary professor in the group who the next day absolutely did not know he was there. The next day, he argued on my behalf, and I was given a second chance. So Howard, my grandfather... Brenda, that sixth-grade Sunday school teacher, and my youth adult advisor all played critical roles in my mythology of faith. Pilate assumed his hanging a sign of shame and derision over Jesus would be enough to put this silly Messiah nonsense to rest. It would be a demonstration of Rome's power. But paradoxically, it was to become a sign of God's transcendent power because by the act of his innocent sacrifice, Jesus made all our stories holy ground. No matter how broken, flawed, sinful, self-centered, whatever our stories are, the cross, Jesus on the cross, our king, became king over all our stories. Our stories have been made holy ground as a consequence of Jesus' innocent death because he prayed, Father, forgive them all. Forgive us all. And that's the story we tell. It is critical to our mythology of faith, which animates us now for Christian living. Gives us energy for it. Scripture gives us few clues to the character of heaven. Jesus said, there are many rooms in my mansion. What does that mean? Everyone gets a condo, a one-room bungalow. We don't know. But But in the book of his revelation, John wrote that God will wipe away all tears. There will be no more death, no more grief, no more crying or pain. These will be counted as old things that will pass away. So while we may lack language to describe the dimensions and character of heaven, we can, with confidence, speak of the kingdom of God. John wrote, Now God's home is with humankind. He will live with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them. God will be with us, and he shall be our God. Our King, the crucified Jesus, prayed, Father, forgive them all. We have been made by faith citizens of the kingdom of God. That's done. The box is checked. It's happened. It's history. We live as a consequence, citizens of the kingdom of heaven. So, with that said, I would remind you of the obvious. Your story is not yet finished. There are yet chapters to be written in the mythology of all of our faith. We can simultaneously look backward with gratitude and forward with hope that our stories may bring healing to a broken world. Our hope that lies not in the denial of our condition but in trusting in the mercy of the Messiah of God. So, to that end, I have a gift for you, a gift for you today, a gift that will allow you daily, that I guarantee you will call you to action to empower the mythology of your faith, of your story that will come alive in a broken world. It is known as the Franciscan Benediction. It is something that you can pick up when you leave the church. The ushers will have a copy of it for you. When I read this to you, follow along, but just breathe the words in, please, if you would post it up. Listen to the words. Let the words breathe them in and let them wrap around your heart and your mind and your story. Wondering how God is going to use you in the economy of his plan to yet heal a broken world, the kingdom of heaven that we are a part of right now. Hear these words, listen to these words. May God bless you with discomfort, at easy answers, half truths, and superficial relationships so that you may live deep within your heart. May God bless you with anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people so that you may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer pain rejection hunger and war so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and to turn their joy into pain into joy and may god bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in the world so that you can do what others claim cannot be done to bring justice and kindness to all our children and the poor. That's quite a story you are yet writing, isn't it? Amen? Amen. God is good all the time. time. Amen.
0: Our hymn of the day is Build Us Up, Lord projected for you. Please stand as we sing, as you are able.
2: seated, or I guess you're standing. You may be seated. <laughs> Daryl's going to come forward and lead us in the prayers. Whenever I don't preach, I say you have a morning off. So, Daryl's going to lead us in the prayers, and we have a some response, uh, Jesus, remember me. After each petition, we'll sing that once now as we begin our prayer.
3: loving God, we give thanks for your bold and uncommon reign where you ask us to release the captives, bring good news to the poor, and free the oppressed. Give us open hearts to hear where we have been agents of oppression in our recent and distant history, and honestly seek repentance and healing for all of our brothers and sisters in distress. Hear us, as we pray. Jesus,
5: remember me. Jesus, remember me. When I am God counting the cost. Jesus, remember me.
3: Generous God. As the psalmist said, the earth is yours and all its fullness, the world and all who dwell upon it. We give thanks for our expanding understanding of the grandeur of creation, worlds unknown, galaxies beyond galaxies. Living on historically Suquamish and Snohomish land, let this translate into a commitment to protect and heal especially for those who suffer most here and throughout the world, having offended the least. Hear us as we pray. God as we move towards the Feast of Thanksgiving, for the joy of human life, its wonders and surprises, its hopes and achievements, for our human community, our oneness transcending all separation, our capacity to work for peace and justice in the midst of hostility and oppression, for faith without fanaticism, for understanding the views not shared, for all who have labored and suffered for a fairer world, who have lived so that others might live in dignity and freedom. Hear us as we pray. God, for all who are lonely, for all who grieve, excuse me, for all who are suffering from any illness or impairment. Hear us as we pray. Jesus. Jesus' gentle and powerful reign. we are in your hands, O God. We offer these prayers to you. In the name of your Son, our light and our hope. Amen.
2: Amen. Thank you, Daryl. The peace of the Lord be with you. Stand up. Share the peace with one another. Peace, doctor. Sue. Good morning. You know if you if you're not comfortable serving, you wouldn't Okay, you're good. Okay. All right.
5: I love the way it, it was always like, Hello.
2: <laughs> Thank you for sharing the green peace. After the service, come on over to the gym for a time of coffee and cookies and fellowship uh, together. If you have your bulletin, it's got lots of announcements, but also now there are flyers out on the table in the Narthex. they will tell you everything that's—not everything, but most of the big uh, main events that are coming up in the next uh, five, six weeks over the holidays, so pick up one of those. They're just going to your refrigerator, so if I come to visit your house, I expect to see those. (laughs) right there next to the picture of your grandchildren or whatever's up there now. Uh, but do pick those up. Those will be helpful, I think, as you uh, navigate the holidays and our, our life together. Uh, starting with this Wednesday night, Thanksgiving evening service, uh, 7 o'clock right here, a beautiful service of sharing, of thankfulness, beautiful music, choir is going to sing, Holy Communion. Uh, so we would encourage you to come out. Uh, This Wednesday night 7 o'clock if you've got relatives or friends coming in bring them with you. We'd love to see them here as well Um, and Dear Miss Wright come on up. This is our church council president Jan Wright, but I think you're wearing a different hat today Jan Go ahead
3: Pastor Jim just said I'm not Pastor Jim (laughs) Pastor Tom just said our stories are important so you are invited to come back to church at 3 o'clock today for a gift from authors from your church. There are five of us who will be reading little bits of our stories from things that we've published, and dear Carl will be singing some unique little songs in between. So pop in for some popcorn poetry and prose, and join us after the uh, readings. We're gonna be reading from our books. We'll have a signing, and you can come in for some popcorn and some lemonade or whatever. Thank you.
2: Three o'clock, three o'clock today, Deacon Amy.
3: Good,
0: sorry, Jim. Good morning.
5: <laughs>
0: also out on the narthex table, a couple of bright pieces of paper. Green is our adult or our Sunday forum brochure that has all the information for what's coming up uh, this morning. Continuing the video series with the gorgeous pictures of Jesus in modern day settings, uh, Journeys with Jesus or Journeys with the Messiah. That's called. And then next Sunday, um, practicing a circle of gratitude. So this is your opportunity to come and uh, be part of the forum and share your your spaces of gratitude in your life. And then Bright Orange, telling everything about um, children and families happening. A special note confirmation meets this morning at 9.15 upstairs. And then this Wednesday, we will not have youth group as it is the day before Thanksgiving. So thank you.
2: All right, thank you, Deacon Amy. So a word about communion. Uh, most important word, all are welcome. You'll be The ushers will help you to come forward towards the baptismal font um, where you receive the host. Hold on to the host momentarily, then you'll dip it or intinct it into the chalice of your choice. First chalice of wine, second chalice of grape juice. There's also gluten-free. Uh, we're going to gather at this table, and uh, I often say it's a table to welcome their parents and grandparents. Uh, two weeks ago was All Saints Sunday, and uh, Laura put together a beautiful video uh, that we might see the pictures and faces again of those who gathered around this table a year ago, but have died in the last year. So as we transition towards communion, uh, we're going to have that All Saints video at this time, because two weeks ago, we weren't powerless, but we were without power.
1: struggles I have carried all these years and I'll leave my heart wide open I will love and have no fear yeah when I get where I'm going don't cry for me down here I'm gonna walk with my granddaddy and he'll match me step for step and I'll tell him how I missed him every minute since he left and then I'll hug his neck yeah when I get where I'm going they'll be I'll leave my heart wide open I will love and have no fear Yeah, when I get where I'm going Don't cry for me down here So much pain and so much darkness In this world we stumble through All these questions I can't answer And so much work to do. But when I get where I'm going and I see my Maker's face, I stand forever in the light of His amazing grace. Yeah, when I Yeah, when I get where
2: And so it is that we gather around this table, joining Christians of a variety of colors and denominations across the globe this day. And as we do so, we remember a Thursday night in an upper room in Jerusalem. It was Holy Week. It was the night in which he was betrayed. And on this night, our Lord Jesus took the bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks. He gave it for all to drink, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Jesus Christ has promised to be present with us. Let us pray now as he taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer our Father God for the people of God all are welcome please come
1: Jesus, King of angels, heaven's light, shine your face upon this house tonight. Into my dreams, light of heaven, keep me in your peace. Remind me how you made dark spirits flee and spoke your power to. mercy to a sinful man. Remind me, Jesus, for this is what I am. The universe is vast beyond the stars. But you are mindful when a sparrow falls.
5: And mindful of the anxious thoughts that find
1: me, surround me, and bind me. until I close my eyes and sleep again. The universe is vast beyond the stars, and you are mindful when a sparrow falls, mindful of the anxious thoughts that find me, surround me, and bind me jesus king of angels heaven's light hold my hand and keep me through the night
2: May the body and blood of, the Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. Amen. Fed and forgiven. Fed and forgiven. Go out those doors to make a difference in the world. Go places this week that only you can go. Find your places of ministry and service. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Are sending him soon and very soon. We're going to see the King.